Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Mem Ram Goldray, and today we're Sukha Sukha Daf Mem Ches, the fourth parak Luv Varava. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the next Mishnah teaches that one is Chayv in Halal Simcha, referring to the eating of the Shlomim meat, and in Kavod of the final day, the Chag, referring to Shmini Yitzchak, just like all other days of the Chag. The Gemara asks for the source for rejoicing on the eighth day. Rashi explains the question that the Chiyuv of Simcha is stated explicitly only with regard to the seven days of Sukkot, as it's written, Chag Sukkot Tasecha. Make for yourselves a festival of Sukkot for seven days, and next with the Pasuk states, V'samachta b'chagecha, and you shall rejoice in your Chag. The Gemara answers that it was taught in the Brazer that in reference to the rejoicing on Sukkot, it's written, Vayisa ach samech, and you shall be nothing but joyous. This comes to include the final night of Yantav, meaning Shemini Yatzeris, and the rejoicing the previous seven days. The Brisa has that made the Pusik's men only to include the first night of the Chag, and answers, Kshuomer ach chilek. When the Torah states, but it qualifies the content of the Pusik and teaches only one of these times, referring to the last day, is designated as a time of Simcha. The last night is included, Shiesh Simcha Ofana, because it's preceded by other days of Simcha. And the first day is excluded, since it's not preceded by days of Simcha. Point number two, the third Mishnah on the Duff describes how Nisach HaMaim, the water libation, was performed with the morning Tamid during the seven days of the Chag. A member of the group from the base of Migdash would fill a golden flask with the capacity of three lugim from the Shiloch, Yigil Shah HaMaim, when they returned and reached the water gate, which Rashi explains was one of the gates of the temple courtyard, and called that Shah HaMaim because the person entered through this gate with the flask of water, Takaba Rehubasalku, they sounded a Dekiah, a true and Dekiah. The Gemara seeks a source for the blowing of the trumpets, and Rav Eina said, for it states in the Pasuk, and you shall draw water with rejoicing from the wellsprings of salvation. The Gemara brings an incident with a heretic named Sasson who told Rabbi that the Jewish people are destined to draw water from him in Olam Haba, as it says, Rabbi Abba responded that if the Pasuk had said, perhaps it could be interpreted that way, but the Pasuk says, and you shall draw water with Sasson, which means that your skin will be made into a canteen and will be used for water drawing. And point number three, it was taught in Abraisa, all who ascend the ramp to the Mizbech ascend toward the right, go round the Mizbech, and then descend on the left side of the ramp. Except for one who ascends for these three things, who would ascend the ramp toward the left, and then after performing the task, would descend the way he had come. The three things are the water libation, the wine libation, and the blood of the bird ola, when there are too many bird olos, and thus too many kohanim on the east side of the Mizbech. Rashi explains that these items might be adversely affected from the smoke of the Mizbech if the Kohen took the regular route around the Mizbech, which is more than 100 amas long. Water and wine might absorb the smoke and become puzzle, and the bird ola might die. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission teaches that one is Chayv and Halal, Simcha, referring to the eating of Shomim meat, and in Kavod of the final day of the Chag, referring to Shemini Yatzeris, just like all other days of the Chag. The Gemara asks for the source for rejoicing on the eighth day. Rashi explains the question that the Chiyuv of Simcha is stated explicitly only with regard to the seven days of Sukkot, as it's written, Chag Sukkot Taz Halacha. Make for yourselves a festival of Sukkot for seven days, and next with the Pasuk states, V'samachta B'chagecha, and you shall rejoice on your Chag. The Gemara answers that it was taught in Abraisa that in reference to the rejoicing on Sukkot, it's written, Ma'isa achsamech, and you shall be nothing but joyous. Well, Rabbos le'el yom and this comes to include the final night of Yantav, meaning Shemini Yatzeris, in the rejoicing of the previous seven days. The Brice asks that maybe the Pusik's meant only to include the first night of the Chag, and answers, Kushu ach chilek, when the Torah states, but, 
it qualifies the content of the Pasuk and teaches that only one of these times, referring to the last day, is designated as a time of Simcha. The last night is included, Sheish Simcha Lefanov, because it's preceded by other days of Simcha. And the first day is excluded since it's not preceded by days of Simcha. Point number two, the third mission of the Duff describes how Nisa Chamaim, the water libation, was performed with the morning tummy during the seven days of the Chag. A member of the group from the base of Mingdish would fill a golden flask with the capacity of three lugin from the Shiloh. He Mayim when they returned and reached the water gate, which Rush explains was one of the gates of the temple courtyard, and called the Sharmaim because the person entered through this gate with the flask of water, Takabariyavasaku, they sounded a takia, a true and a takia. The Gemara seeks a source of the blowing of the chutzrot source, the trumpets, and Ravina said, for it states in the Pasik, Ushavdim Maim Basason, Yeshua, and you shall draw water with rejoicing from the well springs of salvation. The Gemara brings an incident with a heretic named Sasson, who told Rabbi Abo that the Jewish people are destined to draw water for him in Om Habas. It says, Rabbi Abo responded that if the Pasuk had said, Lissasson, to Sasson, perhaps it could be interpreted that way, but the Pasuk says, and you shall draw water with Sasson, which means that your skin will be made into a canteen and will be used for water drawing. And point number three was taught in all who ascend the ramp to the Mizbech, ascend toward the right, go around the Mizbech, and then descend on the left side of the ramp. Chutz, except for one who ascends for these three things, who would ascend the ramp toward the left, and then after performing the task, descend the way he'd come. The three things are, the water libation, the wine libation, and the blood of the bird oil when there were too many bird oils, and thus too many kohanim on the east side of the Mizbech. Or she explains that these items might be adversely affected from the smoke of the Mizbech if the Kohen took the regular route around the Mizbech, which is more than 100 amas long. Water and wine might absorb the smoke and become puzzle, and the birdola might die. All right, so now we get our Simpradav Memches, and our standard simon is brainiacs. Brainiacs are very brainy people. So here goes. Now, brainiacs who tried to predict whether their neighbors in the next sukkah would still be singing Vesamakta Bechagecha on the eighth day based on their trumpet-blowing frequency for the tune of Ushaftim by Masasun the first seven days, also tested the damaging limits of smoke absorption in water and wine, and smoke inhalation in sacrificial birds. Once again, it's slow motion. The brainiacs, brainiacs, that must be more enough. Memches. The brainiacs who tried to predict whether their neighbors in the next sukkah would still be singing on the eighth day, which reminds us, the Gemara asks for the source for rejoicing on the eighth day, given that the Chiyuv of Simcha is stated explicitly only with regard to the seven days of Sukkahs, as it's written, Make for yourself a festival of Sukkahs for seven days, and next with the Pasuk states, Ensure rejoicing your Chag. And the Gemara answers, there was taught in Ebrei that in reference to the rejoicing of Sukkahs, it's written, And you shall be nothing but joyce. This comes to include the final night of Yantav, meaning Shemini Yatzeres, in the rejoicing of the previous seven days. So, the brainiacs who tried to predict whether their neighbors in the next sukkah would still be singing V'samachta Bechagecha on the eighth day, based on their trumpet-blowing frequency for the tune of Ushaftim Maim B'sasam the first seven days, which reminds the Gemara seeks a source for the blowing of the Chatzotzros, the trumpets, when they returned with the water from the Shulach for the Nisach and Ravena said, for it states in the Pazit, Ushaftim Maim B'sasam Yimanei Yeshua, and showed water with rejoicing from the wellsprings of salvation. The Gemara then brings an incident with a heretic named Sasum. So the brainiacs who tried to predict whether their neighbors in the next sukkah would still be singing V'samachta Bechagecha on the eighth day, based on their trumpet-blowing frequency for the tune of Ushaftim Maim B'sasun the first seven days, also tested the damaging limits of smoke absorption in water and wine, 
and smoke inhalation in sacrificial birds. Which reminds us, it was taught in the bright, so all who ascend the ramp to the Mizbech ascend toward the right, go around the Mizbech, and then ascend on the left side of the ramp, except for one who ascends for three things, who would ascend the ramp toward the left, and then after performing the task, ascend the way they had come down. The three things are, Nisachamayim, Nisachayayim, Ba'ozaop, Kshurib Sabbemizrach. The water libation, the wine libation, and the blood of the bird ola, when there are too many bird olas, and thus too many kohanim on the east side of the Mizbech. Rashi explains that these items might be adversely affected from the smoke, of the Mizbech, if the Kohen took the regular route around the Mizbech, which is more than 100 amas long, water and wine might absorb the smoke and become possible, and the bird ola might die. So once again, the brainiacs who tried to predict whether their neighbors in the next sukkah would still be singing V'samachta B'chagecha on the eighth day, based on their trumpet-blowing frequency for the tune of Rushaftim Maim B'sason, the first seven days, also tested the damaging limits of smoke absorption in water and wine and smoke inhalation in sacrificial birds. All right, now it's time to go to our four-block back Hazara. Daf Memdal. So the simmer Daf Memdal is mud. So here goes. The Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments. Mud? That must be more on Daf Memdal. The Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming of the day that he'd be able to take the Aravas around the Mizbeach, which reminds us that Zemachus Vishakish Rabbi Yochanan, whether Kohanim Balmum may enter the area between the Ulam and the Mizbeach in order to fulfill the Hiuv of Aravah, even though it's generally forbidden for them to do so the rest of the year. So the Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming of the day that he'd be able to take the Aravas around the Mizbeach, as he held the Aravas on the seventh day in Ashul, according to the Minhag Navim, which reminds us, it's a Malchus Rabbi Yochan Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, whether the Aravas is a Yesod Navim or a Minhag Navim. Rashi explains that a Yesod Navim means that it was enacted by the latter prophets, Chagai Zechariah Malachi, who instituted a number of rabbinic enactments during the time on the Anshei Gedoah. Minhag Navim means that they merely institute the customary performance of the Aravas ceremony. The nafkamina between them is that there's no bracha for Minag Navim, since the word Vitzivanu, who has commanded us, cannot be said. So the Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming of the day that he'd be able to take the Aravos around the Mizbeach, as he held the Aravos on the seventh day in Ashur, according to the Minag Navim, making sure not to take the Aravos in his lulav. Which reminds us, Rabbi Ami said that the Arava requires a minimum shear and it may only be taken alone, and a prisoner cannot fulfill his chiv with the Arava that is in the Lulav. Rabbi Ami is coming to teach that even if the prisoner took the Arava in his Lulav once and then lifted it again, Lashem Arava, he would not be Yotze. But Rav Chisin, the name of Rabbi Yitzhak, disagrees and says that he would be Yotze. Daf Memhe, so the simmer Daf Memhe is Monopoly. So here goes. The festive Monopoly board, Monopoly, that must be run Daf Memhe, Ma, Monopoly. The festive Monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it, which reminds us that 11 Amma Aravos were brought and stood up around the Mizbech so they would be leaning over the Mizbech and Amma. This implies that they're placed on the Yesod of the Mizbech because if they're placed on the ground, they would need to incline two Ammos given that the Mizbech was nine Ammos high and had two protrusions of an Amma each for the Yesod and the Sobu, which would mean the Aravos would surely touch the roof of the Mizbech. So the festive Monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it was brought out only on Isru Chag, which reminds Rabbi Yobo taught that the source which teaches that the Aravas must rise above the Mizbech is the Pasuk Isru Chag Ba'avosim Adkarnos HaMizbech. We also learn from that Pasuk, Kola Ose Isru Chag Ba'achilu Shtia Ma'al Ba'kazv Ki'u Ba'na Mizbech V'hikru of Karban. Whoever joins the Chag to eating and drinking, the Pasuk regards him as if he built HaMizbech and brought a carbon on it. Some say this refers to Isru Chag. So the festive monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it was brought out only on Isru Chag for the 36 best-behaved children to play with 
in turns. Which reminds us, when Rabbi Shimbar Yechai said, I've seen the people of the highest level and they are few, he was referring to those, to that view the Shekhinah through a clear screen, as opposed to the 18,000 rows of Siddiquim standing before Gush Baruch Hu, who do not, and even the Lamed Vav Siddiquim that receive the Shekhinah every day, who do see through they need to enter with permission, whereas Rabbi Shemar is referring to those who may enter without permission. Daf Membav. So the symbol Daf Membav is a cow. So here it goes. The cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell. Cow? That must be worn Daf Membav. The cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah, which reminds us, the Gemara challenged Rabbi Yochanan's ruling that a bracha is recited in the sukkah on all seven days based on a brace of the Todd that when one enters the sukkah during the Chag to sit in it, he makes the bracha of Leishib sukkah, and once he's recited his bracha on the first day of the Chag, he doesn't recite the bracha on the subsequent days. The Gemara answers that the question of whether a bracha on the sukkah is recited all seven days is dependent on a Malchok Tanaim regarding Tefillin. According to Rebbe, one recites a bracha every time one puts on tefillin, which could be multiple times in a single day. Similarly, Rabbi Yochanan holds that although all seven days of sukkahs are regarded as one long day, since the sukkah obligation is day and night, one recites brachas all seven days. So the cowboy who left ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah started ringing it repeatedly when he saw his lua of tefillin and talas in there too. Which reminds us it was taught in the Bryce if there are many misses before a person to be performed, which Rashi explains could mean one is ready to take a lua of in a sukkah, put on tefillin, and wrap himself in a talas, he recites a bracha v'tzivanu aha mitzvahs. Rabbi Yudas said that he recites a bracha over each and every mitzvah individually. Rabbi Yudas reason is based on the Pasuk, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, which is coming to say, B'chol Yom Yom, Tenu Me'in Birchosav, on every single day, given the bracha appropriate for that day. Here too, with regard to various mitzvahs, B'chol Davar V'davar, Tenu Me'in Birchosav, for each and every mitzvah, give him the appropriate bracha for that matter, and do not group the brachas together. So the cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah started ringing it repeatedly when he saw his luv, tefillin, and talus in there too. And got so distracted, he accidentally took a bite out of his esrog when he wasn't allowed to. Which reminds Rishakish holds regarding an esrog, an esrog was set aside only for the performance of the mitzvah. As soon as one concludes the mitzvah, the esrog may be eaten on the seventh day. Rabbi Yochanan holds the esrog was set aside for the entire day, since the esrog was prohibited. When the day began, it remains prohibited the entire day, and so he muttered to eat on the eighth day. Daf Memzain, so the simmer Daf Memzain is a maze. So here goes. To make it through the sukkahs, escape the maze. Maze, that must be one Daf Memzain. To make it through the sukkahs, escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, which reminds us of the Malchoks regarding dwelling in the sukkah in Gaulus on the eighth day, that is possibly the seventh day. In the Gemara's second interpretation of the Malchokas, everybody agrees that we do not recite the bracha of Leishem Sukkah. They only disagree with respect to dwelling in the Sukkah on the eighth day. So to make it through the Sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the Sukkah on the eighth day, while making a Shechianu and Shemini Atzeres and not on Shvi Pesach, which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said we were saying Shechianu and Shemini Atzeres, but not on the seventh day of Pesach. There are those who explain that Shemini Atzeres is considered a separate holiday, because it's different from the seven days of Sukkahs that proceed in three ways, with Sukkah, Luv, and Nisach HaMayim. When the Gemara said Shvi Pesach should require Shechianu as well, since it's different from the first day of Pesach, in that there's no mitzvah to eat matzah like the first night, 
It answers that while it's different from the first night of Pesach, it's not different from the first day of Pesach, when there is no chiv to eat matzah, as opposed to Shemini Yatzeris, which is different even from the first day. So, to make it through the sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, while making a shechian on Shemini Yatzeris, and not on Shemini Pesach, and then sleep in sleeping bags, and tarry overnight. Which reminds us, the Gemara questions Rabbi Yehuda, who says that Shemini Yatzeris requires lina, based on a brisa that Rabbi Yehuda said, that Pesach Shein should not require lina, since the you may turn back in the morning and go to your tents. Is juxtaposed in the next pasuk, for six days you shall eat matzahs. Only that which requires an observance of six days requires lina. So the Gemara suggests that this would also exclude Shemini Yatzeris. But then it answers that it only excludes Pesach Sheni, which is similar to Pesach Rishon. Rashi says that since the Pesach discusses Pesach, the exclusion is only to another Pesach holiday. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.